I am about to tell you a true story. You're listening to The AI Optimist with Declan Dunn. If you believe me, you'll be rewarded. If you don't believe me, I will make it worth your while to change your mind. Let me explain. I think that most people are missing the boat on ChatGPT and generative AI like Claude and Bard and Poe in general. We're all flocking to the headlines to what these billion-dollar companies are doing. But what's happening in the actual use is that it's less about having them create organic content, which was the focus of many in 2023, and also a complaint at the end that the content was sort of average. It's not a content creator. It's not a search engine. ChatGPT and generative AI are probability generators at a very simple level. And what you need to do to create great content is ask the right questions. But in this podcast, I'm going to challenge you and say, people first editing means you start with your audience in mind, the people first, and then you start yourself opening the door and providing the initial outline few paragraphs, 1,000, 2,000 words at least, even more if you can handle it. Because what this does is give something that AI doesn't have, a fresh, dynamic view. AI only knows what it knows and what happened before. This is where we are right now. So imagine having a co-editor, not just adept in grammar, but also in understanding your audience's heartbeat, tailoring your message and creating an emotional connection. This is the system that I've been working on that simply works with prompts, and we're going to talk to you about it. And this is an interactive session. I want you to actually go to the webpage with this podcast at theaioptimist.com. Go to this. The prompts are there. The exercises are there. This is learning by doing. It's active learning. And to jump into it, You're jumping into the world, not only of content creation, but how you communicate, because what I'm about to show you will impact how you work with people, maybe even personal relationships, how you communicate and understanding it and letting AI provide a helping hand with constructive criticism. Because ChatGPT and generative AI are about probability, not content, not even creativity. That's what I want you to bring to the table as the premise of this pod. And nothing wrong with creating content first with AI, but people first not only gives you a chance to get a copyright, but my goal is to have you do 80% at least, maybe 60 to 80% of the work, which makes it yours. And with the help of AI, gives you an incredible savings, but also leaves that final unique twist up to you. And this is personally what I find works best As we scroll through the article, a little new approach, we're going to be talking with Gen AI, five editing phases and effective prompts. Now, number one is understanding your audience. You heard me say it before. If before you even use Gen AI for editing, explore your audience, their preferences, language style, cultural nuances. We're going to talk about a few prompts in a bit. Number two, we're going to talk about personalizing the content, taking the temperature and little like tricks you can do to chat GPT and others, to make the voice change a little bit that you've worked on, to be able to make it fit their voice and learn how to actually create that. 
Because number three, we want to create an emotional connection. And I use ChatGPT to actually create and challenge our narratives, not just to say yes, but to actually be an editor who challenges your way of thinking and you're, is invited by prompt to do this. And once you get these down, I can go in and just take these prompts and run any piece of content I have through ChatGPT or others. Number four, check your bias. This is the biggest one because you don't want to put out bias. And most times we're not even conscious of bias. And we all, in my personal opinion, have some bias. How great to have ChatGPT and generative AI be allowed to give us feedback on what might be biased so we're aware. And then feedback-driven editing, how we get the audience to participate just like you are listening to this podcast. And if you're smart, go to the webpage. It's there that goes with this podcast, with the prompts, with the exercises, so you can have some fun. But also, I'd love to hear what you learned. Because in my scenario, I'm a writer. I want excellent writing. I have not found the ability for myself or others to create anything but sort of average, middle of the road. And honestly, there's a lot of vanilla content that that kind of AI fills. There's a lot of questions about it, plus you cannot copyright it. That's not saying against it, just currently that's what it is. Anyone can take it. And for most who are using it, that doesn't matter. For me, I want to take 2,000 words that I've written, worked up, and then put it through the blender of prompts to be able to challenge the tone, challenge my audience, get me to actually look a little bit closer at who I'm actually talking to. So this is more of a writing process. So in my scenario, we're gonna do a role-playing session because what I'm about to walk you through to enhancing editing with a people-first approach is really about thinking about your audience first, those people and serving them and having AI help you where it can and obviously always check in the resources, right? We know that by now. But also remember that under the AI hood, there's many things that are settings that are put on by people who work it. And these are very complex and they won't tell you, but I'm going to break it down to a couple of things. Learning styles. Is your audience visual, verbal, active, intuitive, reflective? Learning. What are you? What's your learning style or styles? Because we usually blend a little bit of these. How do you, do you like to hear? Do you like to watch video? Do you like to be social and connect? Some people learn alone. These are learning styles. And when you're communicating to your audience, especially if you're just at a job and you're working with people, there's people who are like this, who you have the ability to communicate better with by understanding their styles of communication. Without going crazy, this is in the background of AI, as well as tone. Think about the words encouraging, neutral, informative, friendly, humorous. What do you want to sound like, okay? So let's go into phase one understanding the audience. Start with a deep understanding. So what we want to do is use a prompt to start and ask, maybe even before we write, about who we're trying to reach. So what are common biases or concerns of, and then describe your audience, who, where, what they are, not just ages, but what their interests are, why they follow you, how many of them enjoy you, or what the subject matter is. Then start with the common biases or concerns, because what's really amazing is you're starting to see things through their eyes. And then how can I address this specific bias in my writing or my podcast? You could create whole episodes out of this. Again, another perspective. Ask, can you prov provide an alternative viewpoint on this, quote, topic that, that this audience might have? That's the prompt. And remember to go to the page because I'm going to be reading these. 
But these are how we hear them. When we're writing things, it's great to speak them out loud. Great advice from a writer I learned long ago. Read your words out loud because that's what your audience does. So feedback on tone. I go in with my 2000 word article. I put in the prompt. Is the tone of this piece appropriate for an audience that might have that specific concern or bias? Not just to not be offensive. I'm not trying to get people to get all into political leanings here. It's more important to understand what bias you bring and what the audience has. Okay? So then I want to challenge, what challenges can I anticipate for my audience? I want to know who doesn't agree with me. I want to know who agrees with me. This is the way we create a unique voice, not by trying to say something and Jedi mind trick you into believing me, but more importantly, to take this experience and say, now that I've tried to listen to the audience, what challenges they might provide, can I actually create content they want? And are there things I'm missing? Are there things I can solve? And that's where it goes into rephrasing questions, because you'll learn many times when you're starting out, when I do my cohorts, my training with people, we do this over a couple of weeks and we do this live to get in the practice of getting in a discussion with AI, not just trying to, you know, throw up a couple of prompts he bought or cut and pasted from somewhere else, hit the lottery ticket and hope it happens. We can actually guide it to creating different voices. So we can encourage critical thinking. For example, instead of saying, what are the effects of climate change? If you ask that, and I'd love you to try that, ask that to Claude, ask that to ChatGPT anywhere. What are the effects? Those are very general words. Instead, rephrase it to how does climate change impact coastal ecosystems different than inland ecosystems? Now that's more specific specificity ideas that create details. Details help it get bigger. So you need to get clear. You need to rephrase your your prompts. You need to look at the different ones I've listed here. There's many of them that take way too long to read to you. But what it does, you'll start getting, instead of what causes poverty, get a new perspective. How do social policies influence the incidence of poverty in urban areas? You're getting very specific. Who, what, where, why, when, how. When you do this, you not only get better examples, you try to replace assumptions like, Instead of saying a question, why do smartphones make us less social, which assumes less social is what we are, you rephrase it to say, what is the impact on of smartphones on social behavior? Now you're asking it a question it can answer, not trying to reaffirm your own opinion, okay? So as we go down, we go from step one to step two, personalizing content. Now that we know our audience, we've taken a few prompts. I want to take it in there. So I'll give you the really quick part. Personalizing, we want to customize the editing parameters to suit the nature and interest. This is all done in the prompts I put here. So we're talking about what we just covered. Specificity, more specific, more targeted. Context matters. Details help you get an idea. These aren't general words. Put some details to them. Simplicity, one step at a time. Don't overload it with questions. If you have four or five questions, break them into four or five different questions. Let it answer one question at a time. And you know what's great? If you start thinking about how you might do this in the real world, you might find, like me, that you tend to ask people two or three questions at a time, which really is not fun. One at a time, pick that one, go to the next one. It's not only better answers, you'll probably have better conversations. I definitely have. Clarity and realistic. 
We know this is Gen AI. Stop even pretending it's like this thing that's coming from somewhere and so brilliant and can do no wrong. We don't care if it can do right or wrong. It's realistic. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's sort of right. Sometimes it's hallucinating. What's more important is just like anything you do, you should check it. Okay. So one of the keys that you can do, and I've referenced this in the article with links, setting chat GPT's temperature. Temperature is a hyperparameter a lot of people used. I had sort of mixed success with it, but you can set it so that the temperature range gives you a sense of what's going on, of controlling the level of randomness or creativity. Now, what I've been using is top-p, which is an alternative, and it runs in the spectrum from 0.1 to 0.9. So I'll say top-p, excuse me, top underscore p equals 0.1 at the end of my prompt. What that does is it gives me a chance to go from being more creative to something very deterministic on the low end, the, the 0.1 end, 0.9 being more sort of random and creative. Watch what it does. So once I've written my things, I like to run that through and just put that little comment. You can cut and paste it. I just say rewrite top underscore P equals 0.1 or 0.8. And I see what comes up after I've written it. It helps me get a better voice, but it also gets a different part. It gets a smaller part of the overall Gen AI way of approaching it, the tokens they choose. So be specific and clear, be relevant, Limit multiple questions in one prompt. Avoid ambiguity. Be realistic in expectations and go to this page. Read. I give you so many good and bad examples. I want you to take this and not just listen. Hopefully you have enjoy reading a little bit and be able to take some of these prompts and try it out for yourself. Check for assumptions. You know, basically, don't assume anything. You'll really find out how many assumptions you make and write the right you know, questions to get that. Use proper phrasing and grammar. I ask you to do it. Then we want to do step three, okay? We've gone through, we've got our audience, we've done some of the personalizing. Now it's time to make the emotional connection. You don't have to make this step three. I hope it starts right at the beginning, but simplify terms. So you take your writing and you prompt it. Can you rephrase these technical terms in simpler language, for example, or just terms? And you suggest clarifying this explanation for a general audience if you're trying to create something. Can you provide an analogy to explain this technical concept or to explain any concept at all? And is this section easy to read and understand for somebody without experience? These are such great feedbacks to get as an editor. And it teaches you how to structure the document. So we go to phase four. See, what we've just done is now we've taken it from a who the audience is, how we actually personalize it to them. We check our tone. Are we doing this right? So now we want to check our bias. And I, I include a whole bunch of prompts. I'll read several for you. How to check your bias. Because what you want to do when you get this going, I just cut and paste these at three or four or five at a time. And I get my content done. Because remember, I upload the content, checks it. Then I say, can you review this for clarity? Grammatical errors, uh, more engaging opening sentences. Can you improve the flow and transition between and select the two paragraphs? Uh, passive voice usage, uh, suggest active voice alternatives, provide feedback on tone, check for any excluding or offensive segments and suggest alternatives. Was there something I actually wrote that I'm not conscious of or maybe wrote and didn't even know it? And I don't mean that in a bad way. Language changes, meaning changes. 
I want to ask that. So not good prompts. Make this better. Is this good? Edit this. What do you think? Just look over it. That's like being a bad boss. You got to make this a little bit better. Biases, we're in a world with many points of view. And what I personally think is we're all learning. We all have our own bias, our own way of looking and experience in this world. So when you're talking with multiple people and you're talking with AI to get better responses, be specific. Break it down. You got a big complicated thing, break it into the pieces. Ask it one question at a time. This is like a creative process. It happens over time. You don't just want fries with that response. You actually want to take this because once you write the prompts, that's a little hard at the beginning, but you're pretty much going to start really cruising and being able to upload content and get really good feedback because you need to be open to suggestions. Okay. So initial review, when we're going at the end, I'll say, Hey, can you identify any grammatical errors again? Structure improvements, style and tone. How can the introduction be more engaging? Do a final check. I don't necessarily ask them twice, but a lot of times you get different responses. Then you get into the feedback-driven editing loop, and I actually include a link to Creative Writing Coach at GPT on the GPT Marketplace at ChatGPT. If you're not familiar, they're creating all these ways to do things. So if you have a bit of creative writing, it'll actually give you an, an opinion and it talks about that through getting feedback and getting direct feedback like from you. I'd like to know because I'm trying to change the AI optimist to do more teaching, more practical and less theoretical. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to see what we can share in the upcoming year as you start understanding that people first AI is actually more efficient, more original and more unique, at least in one opinion.